Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so starting in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, <gasps> fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes, colorful backgrounds indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome back, y'all. Yes. Yeah, another week. Oh, another bi-week. Another, yeah. <laughs> another we bisexual week. Yes. <laughs> yes, God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> perhaps perhaps every week is that way. Right. I love that. Yeah, let's let's normalize that. Normalize that. Love that. <laughs> Here we go. And today, um, we <laughs> Okay. What does that even mean? Like Wednesday's bisexual? Like, girl, what? How did we get here? It's like, it's like, oh my god! Like, does it like just feel different? Like, I, I don't, I don't know what that means. But thank God. Um, yes. That's true. (laughs) I do feel like the weeks. Yeah, I feel like you know weeks. There is something very um gender fluid about the weeks or maybe even like gender non-essentialists oh i (laughs) love that i love that (laughs) everyone's like you mean the weeks have nothing to do with gender that's wild (laughs) (laughs) like did you guys really revolutionize weeks did you (laughs) like 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 monday doesn't actually ascribe to gender norms i'm like huh that's like a really <laughs> radical thought but like also like it is low-key kind of radical though like damn like monday really be out here every week popping up it still is not is not invested in this shit like i, I don't know i feel like we can really learn a lot every from monday week. you know what i mean so every week consistently not giving a fuck about gender binaries or none of that shit so Monday's i mean like you're going to work today I don't exactly know <laughs> <laughs> monday's like you will produce bitch so that's what i know what I know yo ass is about to produce, so <laughs> good luck. Um, Have fun. Right. Also, like, I, I don't know. Can we pour one out for Mondays? Because I just feel like Monday just really, like, it's just like, damn. Like, you really are essentially equivalent to every other day of the week, but everybody is like, God. Is mad about I just, it's like, damn, like, to be Monday. Like, you coming up and everyone's like, oh! And I'm like, damn, like, the bravery of Monday to each week be mm. like, you know what? I'm actually still going to come on stage. <laughs> even though y'all boo me every week, I'm still here. <laughs> be here every week literally and then monday's like if you guys would just dismantle capitalism <laughs> then you really wouldn't have to worry about me every week and in fact even the idea of arbitrary days of the week based on like a 24-hour cycle is kind of a construct since mm. time isn't real so right you know, y'all could really do what you want, but no, you've decided that I'm gonna be the day that you hate. So right. have at it. I'll yeah. be the villain. No, it literally <laughs> my- <laughs> So Monday says that also is like, oh, yeah, and by the way, y'all are really invested in this like gender thing. And I just feel like we can uh, right. similarly kind <laughs> right. of like divest some of our interests there. Um, also, I feel like Monday just gives very much like that personal like survivor or big brother or like, I don't know, flavor of love. That person is just like just really needs to go the fuck home, but like just doesn't right. like every week literally just still is still there. Um, but when they leave, the show's not as good. Come on now. So there you go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of not really that at all. Today. <laughs> today. How do we is, transition out of that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. How do we get back? Oh my god. <laughs> today we are reading my thing. <laughs> how beautiful we were by Imbolo Imbue. 
Yes, it's an environmental fiction novel. So very interesting. Yes, yes. Now, Akko, I know that you typically are in the business of asking questions, but I have a quick question. It's not like the question, but I'm you know, mm. curious, like, how come you picked this book? Like, what was the, yeah, what was the thinking behind it? Oh, ooh, okay. So I chose this book because, okay, so there's a lot of reasons. I mean, the first one is I, so as some of you may know, I am a lawyer. Mm. <laughs> We're like, really? Yeah. So, and I actually have done a lot of environmental law research in the time mm. I was in law school. In fact, I may, and don't quote me on this, although you can choose to do whatever you would like, mm-hmm. I may have been on the Environmental Journal. What? Oh, you oh. were? I was, yes. So the environment's always been important to me. Mm-hmm. Also, when I was younger, I also did go to like a very, very red school, a very red state. Mm-hmm. Definitely teachers who were like climate change deniers and definitely taught that to me. Eek. <laughs> I know. And that was not even the early 2000s, <laughs> early 2010s. Yikes. So um, anyway, but so for me, the way that intersects, and I'm also, I know, another shocker, African. What? Hakka, you've never mentioned that before. For real. You've <laughs> never mentioned that one before. <laughs> we knew about the environment and we knew about the law thing. No, but... Um, <laughs> And I think I've mentioned this a couple of times, but the way the world speaks about Africa and the environment mm-hmm. and, a, and a lot of really what they call <laughs> developing countries and the mm-hmm. environment is like always a bit absurd. Like it's always absurd. They're always like, we're going to get rid of all of their, their stoves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will solve the environmental crises. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you've you just spilled oil into the Gulf. And they're like, the yeah. problem is the wood burning stoves. <laughs> and you're like, you just, you're, you're melting the polar ice caps. And have we considered the stoves? I just feel like the, the stoves stove. are on a similar level of severity and importance <laughs> as um, like nuclear waste. So like, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, we bombed a whole country and just spread shrapnel and nuclear fallout all over that area but i just think that africa is the whole continent's use of wood stoves <laughs> the whole continent of africa is really what's causing the environmental imbalance that we're facing right now and you think i'm kidding but it's like i yeah. even in doing this research there was so much about that not at all talking about a lot of things which is like colonization capitalism and neo-capitalism and just the history of how the geopolitics of modern day nation states in Africa were created in conversation with the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. how capital plays into that, how aid quote unquote plays into that Mm -hmm. and how similarly there's so many parallels here with indigenous Americans and that we (laughs) had an environmental Mm. understanding. We have environmental schemas that incorporate all of us as one entity-ness, mm. then the modern world comes or the world comes or some outsiders come. They divide up a country. They give it a name. They commodify it for mercantilism, for colonization, for capital, destroy the ideas of property, of life, 
of being mm-hmm. the schemas that exist, replace them with an extractive one, mm-hmm. call that progress, and then sell back a narrative of you know backwardsness <laughs> that mm-hmm. somehow leads to bamboo bicycles and wood stoves. <laughs> and you're just mm-hmm. like, I am so upset. So part of the reason in choosing this book is because it's true that we have always cared about our environment Mm -hmm. and we have always seen it as integral to ourselves and we don't need other people to tell us its significance. Now, yes, it's become to the point where everyone is exploiting, but that's across the world, right? We're Mm -hmm. all sort of under this reign of capital, but to say that that we don't know how, <laughs> that we have no metaphysical understanding mm-hmm. when it is that very act of colonization and capitalism that has led us to this extraction and <laughs> that extraction is being done to the benefit of other people right. <laughs> who are not the people who are be- it's being just extracted from. Mm-hmm. It's very insulting to hear, to sit in a room and hear t- people talk about how they need to teach us about the environment. Mm-hmm. When we're all sitting here in America with computers and phones and gas and, and all this stuff, the hugest producers of environmental faux pas mm. are completely cut off from like an ecological understanding of the world it's it's annoying mm, <laughs> like, and it's frustrating so that's probably the reason i chose the book yeah that's it mm-hmm. yeah no i that's i mean that's that's real <laughs> shit and honestly i mean we'll we'll obviously get into it in in the plot summary but like yeah i definitely see a lot of those themes in this and 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 i do appreciate the framing of the story that that we're about to get into and just and 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 all of those same like absurdities and gaslightings and like you know this 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 idea of like you know this western modernity and like how like civilizations should be run or like the only way that a society can exist has to like emulate a western idea and like even if that same idea is like incredibly destructive and literally leading us to imminent destruction (laughs) um but like this is the one that's like lifted up and like you know, it 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 is seen as progress, quote unquote, when like without in any way taking into account the the other forms of knowledge that that exists and that frankly actually should have been at the forefront of how how it is we thought of like, you know, how it is that we could, you know, run a collective society world together such that the world itself wasn't so we weren't seen as so like as so distinct from like the land that we exist on, that we occupy, you know. Yeah. In a way, I'm speaking conversation with like books like Fresh Banana Leaves because it's to say that like what that author was saying is a truth that doesn't just exist for her and for her people. It's a truth Mm -hmm. that other people also know. And that's to say you cannot disregard all of us <laughs> you mm-hmm. cannot say that if so well, we're all saying this stuff about the environment and how it is intertwined with our personhood and our culture and our metaphysical understanding and our spirituality and we're all saying that <laughs> so you're gonna and, and you're just gonna, well that's just a little thing they're doing and that's just a little thing they're doing okay but if these people who do not know each other <laughs> are saying mm. that these things are true are you sure it's 
our science that's wrong? Right. <laughs> are you sure that it's our epistemological understanding that's wrong when we're the ones sitting here with a knowledge of the environment that's sustainable? So right. in a way, I'm saying this to show in the way that she, in the same way, wrote like, hey, the indigenous people who, who are forced here enslaved were indigenous people with their own understanding of ecology. And I'm saying, as someone who is an indigenous person of the, of the continent she is talking about, I'm here to affirm exactly what she's saying, the way she's mm -hmm. affirming that truth about me. And hopefully, in that conversation, you guys will see that you're not, you know, it's a way, it's, <laughs> this is what solidarity is for. <laughs> and stuff mm -hmm. to, to open up the lens of the truth of it. It's not, you know, and when we were reading her book, I felt that and I sort of said it. <laughs> and so from this perspective, I'm saying it too. And like, there are things I have forgotten and overlooked in my Americanization. And there are things, but that I know are true. <laughs> and yeah. so that's, that's um, a long-winded way of saying words <laughs> that have been said. Was epistemology in there? It was. It was. <laughs> she showed up, but it's fine. Necessary. I know. Wonderful. But okay, so mm -hmm. speaking of big words and high concepts, I have a <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, yes, what is your question, friend? <laughs> Um, sometimes I like wish my economy of words was like very succinct and I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm almost 30. This, you know, by the time this comes out, I won't be 30 yet, but, but when, but when the next one comes out, I will be. And I've decided <laughs> that like magically I'll be good at everything. Mm. Um, as someone who <laughs> just turned 30, I can affirm that you do magically become perfect. <laughs> um, like I, I'm, I've been, I'm perfect now. So that's. Final that's point. fun that's been really that's been really enjoyable so yes but what is your question friends i'm so sorry yes okay so um i was i it was it's like a thought framed as a question but here we go by the way everything everywhere all at once is a great movie and everyone should watch it because it's like a deeply gorgeous movie and michelle Yeoh is wonderful and it's like deeply just a deep movie so okay. but in the in that movie there's the idea of a metaverse and this book made me really sad. <laughs> I just like mm -hmm. could not handle it. So the topic we're talking about actually has nothing to do with the book because I couldn't do it this week. But I wanted to ask you if you could imagine a metaverse, a, a version of this earth as far as possible from this one, what do you think the furthest version of this universe is? And what does it look like? Oh, the furthest version. The furthest away. It can't be right next. Furthest. That is, oh my God. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <I'm trying, laughs> let's see. The furthest, what, what is the furthest version from this world? God damn. Um, when I tell you, I can confidently say that nobody has ever asked me this <laughs> shit before. Sober at that, Lord. Okay, we gonna try our best. Um, I, so I would say <laughs> this is just a question mark, right? Now. Like my whole like body, my is physical just body has transformed into a question mark because truly, what incarnation? Um, okay, no, I so I think the furthest version of the world um i'm trying to think beyond just like human dynamics and like even just like world properties like just natural properties that exist too i feel like when i envision a world that is further from furthest from this one i think of a world where like 
<coughs> where where there's sort of this I imagine time being more of like a series of snapshots. Like in the same way that like um I mean kind of I mean shit kind of going back to everything everywhere all at once, but like, you know, where you see sort of these brief snippets of like these moments that seem kind of pretty unrelated and that like tend to have no sort of causation or continuity. They just, they just exist. Right. I I feel like I would imagine that time would be framed in that way because you know, in, in, in this realm, right. Like it's like, I think of even, even though the material moment is only this one, right. Me talking to you right now in front of my computer, that is the only, only moment that, that sincerely exists. Um, our brains and our, our our psychology make it such that like, you know, I can weave previous moments together in a way that is yeah. like fairly linear or like at least ten leads to one moment versus the like next to the next to the other. Yeah, where I envision in another world, like it would just it wouldn't be like that at all. Like in 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 each mo each iter- each utterance of time, like it would just be like whatever it is, and like it would just like almost be like very fleeting and it just disappears. Yeah. I would also imagine that like. In that, I, I I don't imagine there will be bodies in in a, in a world furthest away from this one. I feel like if anything, it wouldn't even look like. I don't think there would be a world at all. I think it would just maybe I don't know maybe just be like space or something. Like just like mm. you're just kind of like every nothing actually takes physical form. Like you're just kind of like it's like it's like things are physical but they're not. It's like it's it, oh god how do I explain no, this? I get like, it. It's just I get it. okay yeah. So it's like. I kind of see, I, I feel like things would be like that. Um, like instantaneous. And instantaneous. Instantly gone. Right. And like, but also like I, I can imagine like things being truly demarcated from one another. So, you know, one of the principles that I am, you know, I spiritually like to align with and also something that I'm still trying to better understand myself is like this idea of like, you know, this kind of oneness, this idea that all of us are connected, that there's like a collective consciousness that like extends beyond just people, beyond just the individual that like encapsulates the, you know, the world around us, um, you know, plants, mm. animals, etc. Like there's, there's a sharedness that kind of, you know, brings us all together. Whereas in this other world, I imagine it'd be like, no, we're actually separate universes, but like in the way that we like to think that or like, I don't know, capitalism tries to convince us of that, like, now, like, it's, like, it would actually be true in, like, this Mm. other space where it's, like, we were actually truly, like, there's these different kind of consciousnesses, but, like, they're actually completely separate from each other, literally having nothing to do with each other, like, incredibly, like, unaligned, maybe intersecting, but, like, still maintaining that individual autonomy. Um, So every instantaneous moment was, like, the beginning and the end of a universe. Exactly. Um, Oof. Yeah, but they're all, but they're like separate ones happening at the same time, and like sometimes they interact, but like even if they do, they're still they're never the same thing. They they're they're just two things, like like two balls just like rolling into each other and then separating from each other. It's kind of like that. It's like this like colliding, but like they're separate. But then they all disappear anyway, and like nothing actually matters. Maybe the nothing mattering is like maybe hitting too close to this universe, but you know what I mean. Like I think that we're gonna we're gonna pause there. We're gonna we're just gonna like say that is my response. Um yeah that's i think that would be yeah i think that's what how i would respond to that um what do you think i god you are such a smart cookie oh thank you (laughs) like you just went into this like deeply theoretical world on like the drop of a pin like marcy did not this question is not even the notes marcy did not know this question was coming i that was <laughs> I, w- I, I will I will rub the dirt off my shoulders a little bit. I will I will be like, yes, that that truly just came off top. Um thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. I like that. It was really fun to go into your the the catacombs of your mind. 
so for mine, and I cheated because I did know the question, and this was actually a whole setup for a thought that I had. Mm. Um, what if, so I, first of all, I really like yours. And I wonder in a way if that's what like an electron is, <laughs> you know, wonder, you know, or like, a, they, you know, there's those like quantum elements that they zip in and out mm-hmm. of existence and like, we're not sure what, where they are, <laughs> or, like dark matter, you know, like, right. I wonder if that, if that multiverse is like a layer on our verse, huh. I wonder if, if it's even a component of us so that we're made up of these sort of instantaneous elements mm. on a like fundamental level, but maybe not, mm. maybe not, not in Marcy's universe. Maybe they're just their own little thing. <laughs> but they're <laughs> completely devoid of us. But right. um, the other, so for me, I, when I had this thought experience, what the, what is the, the metaverse, the furthest away from me? I was like, okay, if I go so far out, what's the least, what is so far that it's like incomprehensible. And suddenly I was like, (laughs) it's everything happening exactly the way it's happening right now, except instead of me being me, I'm you. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, because I am pretty sure I'm me (laughs) Mm -hmm. and this universe. And I'm pretty sure that you're you. But what if me, the furthest me I could be, is you doing exactly what you are doing, talking exactly as you would to me? Hmm. And then I thought, what if every person is a whole diff- is the furthest extension of all the multiverses between me being who I am and and me being them? <laughs> so mm-hmm. in actuality kind of to your point about the collective consciousness, mm-hmm. what if you and I are the same person just on the completely different spectrums mm. of reality? And I'm just having a conversation with myself. Mm. But myself is you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds kind of like what they mean when they say God. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's giving very, God, yeah. It's <laughs> like, giving God. <laughs> <laughs> if we had two t-shirts that we ever made i i always think about it one would be um bad bitches got magic from um kingdom of souls yes and um it would be it's giving god <laughs> <laughs> no explanation it's giving god no period like nothing else it's just like, there's not even like a picture on the shirt right <laughs> It's just white with black letters. <laughs> it's giving right. God. Everyone's confused. Oh my God. Um, oh, so anyway, funny. But, <laughs> but yeah, and I thought, it, what if everyone is like that? What if me and anyone I'm talking to is me plus the extensive distance between me being myself and me being them? Mm. <laughs> and I thought, so if I touch you, I'm touching the furthest point from me possible. And if I love you, am I traveling all of the distance of reality and time space? And like, have I done something phenomenal? Um, and so then I hmm. thought like, wow, wow, like if we really loved people, do you think we could love across a whole dimension of time mm. just by loving one person? And if we hate 
are we hating across all dimension of times back to ourselves? Anyway, so I thought about the Oof. way we dehumanize people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, people we don't know and can't see. And it made me think, like, how far is that? I mean, how far is that person really? Like, mm-hmm. if they're actually just me. Yeah. So anyway, that's a thought I had. <laughs> mm. Wow, that's... That's like, like the most most beautiful thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Like that's so, wow. That's so. I I, I really love that. It, it 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 speaks to such a like, just like plurality in 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 all of us, right? Like just it kind of, like I love this image of like, all of this is like you know, us or the universe, however you want to kind of phrase it. Just kind of like having these indirect conversations, but like ending up in the same place. Like it's like, it's almost like this game of hide and seek or something like that, where we're just like all like running around, but like we're part of the, like we're like of the same piece. And I love that like loving someone represents loving across several dimensions to make that happen. That's so beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. Damn. Right. It sounds fun. And then I think there's no reason to be envious Mm-hmm. Or like you know, because because you could like like if if I see like Simone Biles like doing a move that's like so astronomically beautiful, I'm like, man, that's a really cool interpretation of me. <laughs> that's all mm. a little obnoxious, but like like right like I feel like if if what I say is true, like I'm like, man, Marcy is like a phenomenal version of me. <laughs> like, mm. I, re- I really dig that version, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, that's someone else that's other. Mm. It's like, I feel elated that you are you because your expression of you is like, I was like, that's, I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> in me and my form, it, it like i i f- then feel like oh my god i am taking part in your dopeness <laughs> mm. and i guess that's like true of everyone right like yeah but then it also means like if someone's hurting then we're like a part of their hurting too and mm-hmm. that makes me sad <laughs> mm-hmm. but it also means maybe we won't separate ourselves so much and maybe right. maybe that's why we don't maybe that's why when we see people hurting we do feel compelled to move mm-hmm. um, because we know in some sense that like they're just us stretched across time but yeah. i don't know anyway any any anyway yeah it's like funny because it's like in some realms i can envision that being deeply lonely right this idea of like if i'm talking to somebody i'm just talking to an extension of myself who is also still kind of them and in the same way that i am them they are also me type like it's like it's like this it's almost like this ouroboros like it's just eating itself like it's like the same like it's like i i, I can see this idea of like we're all like that's really lonely because it's like damn like is anyone else actually anybody else's or is it all just like extensions of like myself in the same way that i'm an extension of of their own consciousness that all is just part of the same pool at the end of the day um yeah. but also at the same time i could also see that like leading to like i mean the the aggressive opposite of loneliness where it's like damn like i've never felt more connected knowing that like we're actually not so separate we're not at these like extreme distal points from each other like we're actually in the same body um wow that's really beautiful Hmm. yeah 
Yeah. And maybe like, I totally feel you on the loneliest thing. Like, mm-hmm. is there another entity thing that's also having like its own like mm-hmm. <laughs> multi-human experience dimension? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, but also I do think it's really cool that I think that's why it is cool that we get to be humans because then I get to experience me as not me like i get mm. to experience duality like you know i know everyone's like we've got to get past duality it's non-duality well maybe there's something cool about duality like mm-hmm. it's cool that i can hug someone and they are separately choosing to hug me like they're choosing to hug me they don't have mm. to hug me like <laughs> you know if we're all one i don't get to choose to hug you or not but then there's something beautiful about saying like I chose to be friends with Marcy and Marcy mm. chose to be friends with me. It's like a whole, it kind of adds another dimension, mm. you know? Yeah. 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 But then it sucks. Cause then people are like, I chose to murder. And you're like, well, you're just choosing <laughs> lack of fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you really had a good thing going with the hug. Oh my God. Wow. Lack of fun. <laughs> you just chose <laughs> <laughs> like we literally could have had fun and you're like actually murder and i'm like wow like that really escalated like, um, like eek um <laughs> it's like it's like speaking oh, I just, of eek yeah, oh yeah spe- no no truly speaking of eek um yeah let's <laughs> we're into <sighs> the, the book okay so before we transition to the next chapter not not the summary is not fun sorry guys it's yes, it very is. dark it's, and yeah. we're gonna give a content warning for massacre um environmental despair um Mm -hmm. the death of and murder of children colonialism i think we're starting to give content warnings for just general colonialism i think that's fine i think we should really Um, lift that up because that we people don't and they should (laughs) you know like it's just like yeah yeah there's a lot of violence in that stuff anyway so here we go so we'll take a break and when we come back we will get into it perfect sounds good Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So we are getting into How Beautiful We Were by Mbolo Mbue. So the story takes place in a fictional African-inspired village in the 1980s called Kasawa uh, that's been occupied and under siege for three decades by a private oil company called Prexton. So, you know, this book is fictional, but a lot of this stuff is true events. A lot of wars yeah. in Africa have been have been started over oil and and actually it's both africa and the middle east <laughs> and the exploitation of oil mm-hmm. this is not a cultural context though so anyway the book switches perspectives throughout the book and there's like the collective the children and then there's also the uncle bongo and sahil who is mm-hmm. the main character thula's mother and then also thula has some perspectives in the book as well at the beginning of the book an unnamed child in the village of kasawa has noticed that the village um, is kind of, so there's there the water and the soil has started to get very poisonous and mm-hmm. people are starting to die. And it's over time, people are realizing it's because 
of oil spills from this private company, Prexton. Mm-hmm. And just like basically, <laughs> basically just lack of maintenance on the pipes. Um, yeah. But it's it's consistent spillage into the water. And so it's like things have started to get just poisonous. Children are dying. <laughs> Adults are dying. Mm-hmm. And the Prexton reps have, we start off kind of in Midias Res, maybe closer to the first half of the book, but not quite at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the Prexton representatives basically come to the, the the village every two months to like go over updates and listen to concerns from the community, but they don't care oh um, at all. Yeah. And the, you know they go on this fake spiel about how they're going to help the children. And there's actually a member of their village. I don't believe he's the head of the village, Wojabeki. He might be the head. I think he's well- more like. Yeah, I think Walter Becky actually is the head of the village, but like he like started siding with Prexton, so everyone was like, "Yeah, it's fuck Walter Becky like all day." But like yeah. technically, I think he's the like the village lead. Yeah, yeah, and like he has like a nice house. Like so, at, yeah. um, the like the Prexton employees and laborers have like quote-unquote nice houses made out of bricks and so Wojabeki also has like a nice house and he has like three wives so he like has all this status but like he's really selling out the village (laughs) so these reps are like hey we're gonna tell you about how everything's gonna get better and everyone's like nothing's gotten better and they're like but it has have you considered how it's actually progressed and they're like we're dying right (laughs) like what the fuck yeah oh my god then Konga who's like a local man who lives in the village and okay so I don't know how to describe his mental health condition without like crossing schemas into the US so the way we would describe it in the US is like he probably has schizophrenia or some other like hallucinative mental condition Mm -hmm. is that the way they would describe it in the village I'm not sure is that right or wrong I am not sure but that so anyway, he is he's not he's ostracized, but he's not not part of the community, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So it's not like he's not taken care of, but it's not like he's he's no, it wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a great situation that that's he's in. Anyway, mm-hmm. so he shows up to this talk with these folks and he's basically honestly, he's like, You guys are all liars. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You guys are lying. There's clearly poison in the water and you're gonna kill us. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. The women are like, well, why are you talking to us? You don't even have status in this village, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? Guess who has your keys? And everyone's Oop. like, um, <laughs> what are we doing? Because mm-hmm. if we attack Prexton or make their life inconvenience, the government, his excellency, as I always call the head of the government, mm-hmm. will definitely send soldiers and <laughs> will definitely be bad. And Congo's mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I could swallow these keys, though. Like, I guess if I swallowed them, you also couldn't leave. Um, and go back to where you were going. So maybe you could just stay here with us with our poison water. So they decide they're going to imprison uh, the the three reps. And like mm. to give some context, so many children have died. <laughs> yeah. Basically, everyone in that in the village has lost cousins, kids, family members. So it's like they're not not imprisoning <laughs> them, the reps, because they like really like the reps and they really think Conga is wrong. Mm-hmm. They're just afraid of the violent consequences that could happen if they have a revolution. And young people have stood up and been angry. And people mm-hmm. are like, we have lost so many people that if we lose you too, it's just more heartbreak. Right. And I just want people to understand that in parallel with other places around the world, that have had to make these same decisions. So when people say like, how come people didn't fight back? Or like, why did this happen? It's like, 
once you lose that many people in your community, mm-hmm. you're doing a triage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you ask, like, why do people make the deals with the government? If I've lost five <laughs> of my six children, 10 of my 12 relatives, I only mm-hmm. have two left. I'm not throwing any because I <laughs> love my family. I'm not throwing out anyone else. And mm-hmm. people are doing it in the hopes that we save someone. So, Congo's like, look, <laughs> it's better to die in a revolution with a chance of freedom than remain safe under oppressive occupation. All right, well, we're going to see how this turns out. They capture the reps, they hold them prisoner, and they, they're hoping that this will do something that will make Prexton come in and have to deal with them and like understand yeah. what's going on with them. So then we get like a chapter shift to Tula, who's the daughter of Moloba. And Moloba is like a really well-respected man in the village. And Mm -hmm. Tula is like his oldest daughter, but he also has a son who almost died because of the poisonous water, but like Mm -hmm. came back to life. And there's this really beautiful scene where like the two village shamans who are twins, one of them came and was like basically reviving him from the afterlife like telling him like how to get back and they're all mm-hmm. like chanting his name it was really beautiful yeah. so he comes back to life but M- mabola is like understandably very upset and a bunch of people who have lost family are very upset so they're like we've got to go to the capital bizom and we got to talk to someone we have to demand mm-hmm. that they leave <laughs> like mm-hmm. how many people have gone so Mobola's like, who's coming with me? And a bunch of people are like, nah, not me. But his yep. best friend's like, I'm in. <laughs> like, you know, I'm ride mm. or die, let's go. So he gets like seven people and they leave and they don't come back. And they're ups- everyone kind of knew that <laughs> they might not come back. And they yeah. said they'd be back in 10 days and they weren't. So we skip to the present day and Thula's anxious about what's going to happen since, you know, they <laughs> imprisoned these three people. And everyone's on edge. And like in typical, I don't know, if you're West African, (laughs) you kind Mm -hmm. of know that thing family members do when things have gotten really bad and everyone's pretending like nothing's bad at all. And you're like, isn't this terrible? And everyone's like, hmm, might rain today. You should probably be in school right now. And you're like (laughs) super Mm -hmm. anxious. Mm -hmm. It it, it really hit home with me. I feel like I've genuinely been in those experiences before. But things culminate when two soldiers from Bazoom come show up looking for the reps. And Wojibeki and basically everyone does this whole ruse, which is also very West African, mm. where they're like, what? The three reps came to our town. Does everyone else remember that? They're like, oh, yeah, we remember. And what happened? Well, we fed them. We fed them some mm-hmm. really delicious food. It was so delicious and then what happened and then i think they left and it's like they're really describing it like this is uh, is y'all saw them leave right he's like yep they pulled out in their car (laughs) their car was silver Mm -hmm. yeah they went right down the road yep Mm -hmm. yeah we all saw them leave collectively Mm -hmm. they left girl (laughs) right so i don't know why y'all in front of us right now because they're not here so and they're like they're like you know the next village oh they're like yes yes i remember the next village over which and they're like giving like immaculate details about things that don't matter they're like you know the one on the street you can turn right not left and it's always raining over there in that part of town because they kind of live in a valley yeah that one mm-hmm. they have great fish fried fish it's delicious i mm-hmm. bet you know what i bet i bet that they were there eating all the fish. i bet they're there right now everyone's like oh yeah they have great fish over there, mm, they're yeah. Over there yeah. <laughs> i was there yesterday i saw the reps yesterday it's like okay maybe right. don't admit details like that because like, you're actually putting yourself at the scene needlessly <laughs> um, but yes 
but yeah but so anyway so they do that and then everyone's kind of like okay like they just like let it go Mm -hmm. um and so they they don't know what to do so they just they just leave so then we get kind of a pov shift to bongo who's tola's uncle and malobo's brother and he kind of just it's interesting because you get a little more color on like the sociopolitics of things because and another thing that's really cool about this is it's not it doesn't make things seem perfect. Like Bongo's like kind of sexist, right? Yeah. Like like the women in the village are like we don't love the patriarchal and like hierarchical levels that mm. are, exist in our village, and like you know he has tension with his brother who he feel like once he became the head of the family became more restrictive and more judgmental, and he was also in love with this girl Alali who. Mm-hmm fell in love with a rich rate laborer because he mm. had a brick house and Bongo didn't because Bongo failed his teaching exam that he like and came back to the village and like he mm. struggles with his feelings of success and failure. But you know what? All those complexities and nuances sure would be something that Bongo would work out with his brother over time and maybe oh wait he can't because he's mm. dead. Yeah. yeah. So, so he can never reconcile with his brother <laughs> because he's not there. Because mm-hmm. something violence interceded. Look at that. So he misses his brother, and he still takes care of Flula, and he loves her a lot. Like you can tell, there's a really close relationship between them. That's the story. But they are deciding what they should do next. They should go to Bazome and talk to someone, and or they should just let it go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So so basically, um, yeah. Like they're they're trying to figure out like what to do next. Because, like, the situation is, 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 is tricky, right? So, basically, at this point, um, I think by the time we get to Bongo's POV, it's, like, maybe day eight or nine that they've had these folks taken prisoner, like, the reps in their driver. So, there's four of them total. Um, there's this one guy whose name I completely forget. They used to call him the sick one because he would wear clothes that were, like, too big for him. He actually is sick. Mm-hmm. And that's problematic because they're like, okay, well, we don't actually want to kill the prisoners we actually want them we just all we want is for them to like just give us names we just want to give we just want some names of some folks in basem that we can go to and like basically demand that they like fix this shit that they like you know like yeah. take away these pipes and like you know like actually undo like the the the, the, the extraction that, that is happening on our on our land here so we just need names also, once we get names I, I we'll point out no one in this village has a car so they're getting oil extracted and none of them have vehicles so right. they're like we don't get any benefit from this, by the way. It's not for us. It's for right. someone else. Yeah. So literally, like, just literally just extraction. Like, I mean, no one benefits. I mean, even Wojabeki, like, I mean, you could, I mean, marginally is doing better than everybody right. else. But even then, not doing great compared to, like, Peanuts. the people who are actually, you know, really bankrolling based on all this shit. So The people in America, us. Right. Literally <laughs> they're, us. They're us. <laughs> right. <laughs> so basically, they're like, yeah, like, all we need is some names and we'll let y'all go. So basically at this point there's a there's a there's a meeting with like the the men in the village where it's decided that Bongo's basically going to be sort of the village leader at the moment in time. Wojebeki well, is a chop. They're like, "Girl, you got to go. You right. you sold us out. It's not it's not it." So Bongo, you're the one who's going to make decisions for us. And so basically Bongo this guy Lasaka, um who's the one who was actually housing the folks that they had taken prisoner and this one other person, I think his name was God, what was his name? It was um it was Sahel's cousin. Um, oh yeah, Tensi or something. Tensi, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll we'll say Tensi. Okay, that sounds right. We're gonna go with Tensi. <laughs> so basically, the three of them start talking to the prisoners. They're like, "Look, we just need some names. 
come on now. And basically, um, the, the guy that's sick was like, okay, I actually have a nephew who lives in Basem, who's a, who's a reporter. He's a, he's like a journalist. His name is Austin. He's actually from America. So like, if y'all could talk to him, maybe he can like write a story about what's going on in, in, in Kasawa. And then like that can hopefully get some international attention. We'll see. And you know, things could happen next. So Bongo and them are like, that's actually like, better um because they were like maybe like a, a direct connection like that could actually help us a lot so basically they end right. up going to Bezum to try to find austin but they actually run into conga along the way um conga is the same one from earlier who like hit the keys and like was like girl we gotta like hype up because like these motherfuckers will kill us so conga was like oh so y'all are really gonna go to Bezum and like try to convince them that we're human and they're like i mean do you have any alternatives conga and he's like i mean i just feel like if we were going to have a revolution like we we have to be the ones to stop this from going on like we can't like rely on these external parties especially the same parties that are invested in our extraction you know like that's not that's not going to work and so while they hear him out they're like i mean in the immediate future like if this can do something we, we we should at least try it right so well and they're like saying like okay they're also like, we have lost children. So yeah. we've literally lost, you know, you you look at your kid <laughs> who's lost three siblings mm-hmm. and you tell me not to go. <laughs> right, right. So. So, yeah. So, um, so they end up going, they go to Bezam, they find Austin and basically they like tell him everything. They're like, look, this is what's going on in Kasawa. Like Preston has really been fucking your shit up for literally decades. And like, you know, we, we've been trying to like hold these meeting with them, meetings with them. Nothing's happening. Like, you know, let's figure this out. And basically Austin agrees to like, you know, write their story. The complicated thing is that like, again, Austin is the nephew of one of the people that they took prisoner. Yes. Maybe and the when, sick like, one. Yeah. The sick one. Who's like dying? Um, yeah. and basically Austin was like, "Oh yeah, like how do y'all know my uncle?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, girl, mm, <laughs> like you know, yes. just neighboring village, <laughs> yeah, uncle. girly, like we, you know, we, you know, we know the girl is there, like yeah." He's like, "Oh, Austin's like, oh, like how's he doing?" He's like, "They're like he's doing literally so well," and I'm like, "So well, Eek! I'm like, there's <laughs> this is not gonna end well." Um, and then Austin was like, "Actually, I would actually love to." After he wrote the initial article, he was like, "I'd actually love to go back to Casal with y'all to like." you know, to like see what's going on and, you know, all of that. So they're like, I mean, but willing to do it, whatever. So fast forward a little bit. We, we go into Sahel's point of view. So Sahel again is Tula's mother, Malobo's, um, I guess late wife at this point or no, I guess that's incorrect. Yeah, widow. There we go. Sorry that <laughs> I was like, that's not the right <laughs> word. <laughs> so basically, uh, we get into, into more of like Sahel's story, like kind of how she ended up where she is. She's actually not from Kasawa. She's actually from like a neighboring village. But she met Malobo one day when she was like nineteen. She was like visiting a friend um, in Kasawa, saw him, and was like, "Damn, this motherfucker has the sharpest cheekbones and the cutest facial hair I don't ever seen in my life." And like, what he's gonna know is that I'm actually it um i'm actually the t and we need to be together <laughs> so she was like i knew i knew i had to be with him period and so you know eventually they started hanging out they start like dating you know like shit's good is gooey everyone's like oh my god like Malobo so is so hell like so cute like ooh, like oh my god and so basically they end up getting married and it's like a really blissful marriage i mean they are fucking constantly it's Sahel truly. was like the book actually stopped to tell <laughs> Sahel was like what y'all will know is the ways in which we was fucking 
every like it was giving like multiple times a day like every day like stamina on a thousand literally both of them were like they were just they were always at each other (laughs) to the point where like what's up no no keep going i was gonna say i do i what i liked about the book is like you know everyone says that like again this is just against the progress narrative of like other places and people and cultures understand sexuality and freedom and sexuality and stuff. Like, it's not like you other places bring progressive ideas of, like, equality and love. Like, Malobo actually, like, was really progressive about his daughters and his wife's rights. Mm-hmm. And, like, Sahel's sexuality is, like, very important to her and not at all diminished. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. And honestly, everyone's like not that weird about sex. Yeah. (laughs) And so I just want to point that out because I feel like in past episodes, I've like stated that, you know, we have ideas that that the West, quote unquote, is progressive and people never would have been progressive without them. But like, Mm. that's not true. Like a lot of people's just like natural evolution of cultures is cut short by capitalism or colonialism or outside Mm. factors and it, it like just goes back to what I said and like the death of Vivek Oji, like violence silences the nuance of anything. Mm. Um, anyway, okay. Not the discussion yeah. section. No, I, no, I hear you though. And like, and, and it's, it's funny you say that because even, I mean, I remember there, I mean, Sahel literally had a friend who was like, honestly, I think that women should just marry each other because honestly, like, fuck it you know what i mean like i feel like things would be a lot easier because like, you know, the, the custom is such that like, if a, if a woman's, husband dies it's kind of like you know it's expected that she wouldn't necessarily remarry that like she just kind of is in that state like she doesn't get to move on in the same way that a man would be allowed to if his wife died so like she had a friend that was like girl women should just like marry each other i mean we have we still have needs the fuck like Mm -hmm. what it's the hell was like i'm not gonna hold you like i mean you got some points what i'm hearing are points (laughs) so like that's also hell said she wasn't no one got condemned no one right that sounds like a plan so she's like yeah like it's just like a casual just conversation like it wasn't it just wasn't that serious you know so like yeah i i think there's a lot of demonstrations of 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 sexuality or 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 like you're saying right well narratives that we would i guess codify as being more progressive that are just a bit they're just more casual and and sort of Mm -hmm. like the goings on in the in the daily conversations happening which is which is interesting but um but yes, what was I talking? Ah, yes, yes, yes. So Sahel, Malobo, fucking like rabbits, having a good time. They young, married, all that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sahel also talks about how after she married Malobo, like she, so Malobo's dad, um, I forget his name, but basically he was known for having like a sort of like having a temper, having a very like sort of caring like a scowl like on his face like always kind of yeah, had like sort a of a heart demeanor yeah to the point where people would be like damn like he just seems real like i don't know unapproachable and all that when I mean, she was saying yeah she was saying like honestly like, i mean he was actually really nuanced and like yeah like while he wasn't the most like talkative person like he would express his affection in these like really nuanced ways and like even and malobo and him had a hard relationship but sahel having spent a lot of time with him was like he actually did a lot for his family and like i I think he's just tired he just lived a hard-ass life and yeah like so you know he's just he's just moving through a lot of things but it's he's it's not like he's unable to access like these more tender parts inside of him or or express his affection for people in these different ways so i was like oh that's that's interesting anywho i do again not to be that person but it's another instance of like are we so sure people didn't know how to hold 
people suffering from various emotional or mental issues <laughs> like mm-hmm. in the past you know like right people had ways of dealing with things not is everyone in agreement no does everyone like each other no is everybody giving no is your social status high no probably the same in any society though right not mm-hmm. really worse than any other society you've seen right but there's a focus on community and everyone being part of it and so at no point is anyone really alone mm. Ex- unless unless you're will jebecca <laughs> right and then you betray everyone <laughs> and then they they isolated then, those wives and no, him listen, real quick yeah they did <laughs> what they said what person that is chopped is Bo Jebecki. They said Bo Jebecki, girl by yeah. absolutely not. But even then, like after the whole ruse, they were like, is Bo, Bo Jebecki, like, can he come back? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, maybe, right. maybe, like, I mean, we still gonna keep an eye on you. You still can't leave the village. Like, yeah, girl, we watching your ass like a hawk, but like, maybe this is redemption, you know, which right. even that is interesting because it's, it's not like he was forever condemned for, you know, his behavior, like his, 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 um, complicitness in, in what Praxin was doing so it's just yeah very very interesting but um but yeah but basically from Sahel's point of view something that we also see is essentially what happens next from present day so after basically Bongo and all them went to Bezam to to talk to Austin and, and and get this article written I'll just kind of tell it in sequential order just for like you know just for retelling's sake but in the in the book it's a it's much more non-linear and I thought it was actually weaved together really really beautifully um but basically what we find out next is that essentially after Austin agreed to write this article, he like wrote the initial article, ended up going to Casal with Bongo, Lasaka, and Tensi. And while he was there, it was it was it was complicated because like the sick one, aka Austin's uncle, actually died while Austin was in Kasawa. And so they were like, should we tell Austin that he was actually here and that we actually like kept him prisoner and that he died? Like, should we tell him that? And, and 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 folks had kind of different points of view, like how to approach it. But basically, what they ended up telling him, they ended up being like, "Yeah, like this is what happened." Like they just explained the entire situation um, to to the point where Austin himself actually goes to the funeral um, and ends up still writing this article on behalf of Kasawa and like is able to take pictures and things like that. So such that there's like a multimedia aspect to the article. And afterwards, you know, this article is released, you know, I, I don't know what American newspaper published it, but basically it's released and immediately, immediately Prexton is like under scrutiny internationally. Everybody's like, girl, Prexton, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like y'all are literally killing people. Like what is going on? Like whoop, 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 whoop. So they're under, they're under hot fire, right? So um, the government who I guess had this agreement with Prexton ends up sending soldiers to Kasawa um, where they massacre like 15 people and it's horrific and terrible and it's something that pretty much everybody bore witness to sahel included she talks about how like when it was happening she didn't know where tula was like she thought she was gone it was just it was a, a horrendous terrible event and afterwards Konga, Bongo, Lasaka, and Tensi all get arrested and are taken to Bezam, and basically they were sort of held prisoner because of essentially you know the 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 death of um austin's uncle as well as the death of four of the soldiers who were part of the group that came to kasawa and like you know did this horrible massacre it's there's a moment of hope where it's like okay like there's going to be a trial hopefully given just given the atrocities of everything that's happened in kasawa like the context that's been provided by you know what's what's now 
in writing in, in in this article and all that like you know there there there's evidence and context that like hopefully will like make things better um and and perhaps give them a chance but essentially the four of them so again bongo konga lasaka tensi all get executed um because they were they're essentially hanged. yeah they're hanged um with no and, trial they told them there was going to be a trial they all came for the trial oh there wasn't a trial damn okay no. i missed that okay well so they they were because Shahil Dula and I think someone else, Yaya, mm-hmm. which is Bongo's mother, mm-hmm. came down to do the trial and they're sitting in an empty room getting more and more anxious because Oh my god. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Up. Yeah. And then there's the press release saying, you know, there was a fair trial and they mm-hmm. were hung. There's clearly no trial. Mm-hmm. And um the families, you know, were there, which they weren't. Um, and and saying, you know, like they apologized for being for their behavior, <laughs> which mm-hmm. they didn't, yeah. because there's nothing to apologize for. So yeah, so yeah, so it's awful. And Sahel talks about how afterwards, you know, obviously, I mean, everyone's, just, I mean, everyone's just fucking devastated. You know, like I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. So Mungo's mother lost both both of her sons. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, there's. Tula lost her uncle. Sahel lost like a family friend. Like you know, it's just it's just and they and this is a very close community. So they they it's like this this there's already this massacre happening, and then on top of that, like they're losing these uh, these additional men. It's just like it's just too much. And so Sahel talks about how like you know in this situation, she's like, damn, like I feel like I gotta like try to keep everyone together you know <laughs> like it's like like i mean tula going through it literally is in bongo's room for days doesn't speak for like two weeks like just is complete like like it's just not it's yeah. and yeah. there's no hope like there's yeah. this is like a situation where it's like we tried like if we did nothing we were losing children right when we did something we lost children <laughs> right when we children lost their parents when we did nothing when we did something, children lost their parents. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like how what do you do when you're between a rock and a hard place, and the floor lets out, right? So, so yeah, it's just so yeah, it's 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 a terrible situation. A little bit later, I'm not sure how much how much time passed before this but basically they you know the the article and some subsequent coverage of what's going on in Kasawa starts to gather international attention so much so that there's a um there's a sort of international restoration project that i think is actually in a na- i think it's i'm not sure if they're in Bazum or like the i remember i think it's in the it's like it's like somewhat close by but basically they have like some like you know american partnerships and all that they take interest in what's going on and offer support to the folks in Kasawa in the form of like money, legal assistance, educational opportunities, um, just trying to offer resources in the aftermath of like, I mean, like just a really fucked situation. In this, we start to hear again from Sahel's point of view that Tula has taken, has become really enthralled with like a lot of the different educational opportunities that, she, that she's been offered. So there's a school in a neighboring town called Lakunja that like basically, offers like you know just i guess more educational opportunities than the ones that are in kasawa and tula starts to get just really enraptured in like her books so specifically she starts reading like the communist manifesto pedagogy of the oppressed um i think she also read like wretched earth um Mm. and she's it while she's becoming like 
really interested in these sort of philosophical explorations. She also, her Sahel is also kind of concerned because she's like, oh, Tulip really doesn't seem like that pressed about like finding a husband or like, you know, some of the other expectations that are that 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 are expected of her. Um, <laughs> you know, being being a young teenage girl like in this village. But I wonder. Like, it, when I read it, I didn't read it as Sahel being like that concerned about that, but more like this is ominous because it means you're not going to stay. <laughs> like, I, I, oh, I got the sense that like, she was like, why don't you, or, or even like, because of everything that's happened, you don't get to have like a normal teenage mm. life. Like you should that's be. Real doing this but because your father went missing and your uncle was killed and you were at that massacre like you've she's a i think there's almost a fear like this has changed you Mm. and there's nothing i can do about it and also like this fear that but also like because Sahel's also the one who like because she's like you can go to this other village but you need someone to go with you i don't want you just Mm. traveling alone so Mm. she has to go to like every household (laughs) like talk to all the heads of the families who are like a woman and luckily her friend comes with her like they're like in old days women wouldn't even want to think of talking to a man she's like yes uncle thank you so much and they're like oh why did you need some more education (laughs) yes uncle thank you yes uncle great point can someone go with my daughter? You get you get that view of a woman working in her village against odds, right? And, mm-hmm. and being put in a situation where she doesn't have the normal things she would have to protect mm-hmm. her, but still having to protect her daughter. And also, and giving an analysis of like how the patriarchy is difficult in her village to deal with. Right. And maybe even she sometimes finds annoying, but she still loves these people, right? And right. sometimes she doesn't. Some of them she doesn't love. She's like, hey, yeah. I talk to the people I don't like. <laughs> Volgebecki's wives? Hell no. She's like, yeah, <laughs> right. no, don't ever talk to me. <laughs> like, Right, yeah. right. But but it was, I, I, I thought when I read it, I didn't see just like, you're not interested in boys. It's It's a mixture of like, I wasn't really like Thula when I was a kid, and so I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. And she she was more like her father, but her father's gone. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? You know, and yeah. I want to support her, but how do I do that when she's so different from me? Reading all these yeah. books I've never read before, and but right. I still you know love her. And then I'm also worried about the tra- you know it's mm-hmm. so yeah. complicated. Anyway, That's sorry. Wrong. I I thought it was a really beautiful daughter mother convo. Yeah. No, thank you for that. No, I I. I really appreciate that because yeah, I think the the concern around just like Tula, no, not necessarily navigating adolescence in the same way that Sahel you you did or like you know it, it, you know typically witnesses. I think I, I think you bring up a great point as far as like that that's symbolic of like I mean just like I mean how fucking different their childhoods were. You know, like it's like Sahel right. grew up in a completely different. I mean, she didn't grow up in Kasawa, but like her her life was 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 different you know just very different right and, and so yeah. there's like this separation that that starts to emerge in, in their relationship but at the same time still a care that's still there for each other isn't you know so it's, it's no i i think she's just trying to figure out how do i connect with tula like in, in the ways yeah. in which like she's she's reading all these books that i don't i don't understand i don't know what she's like you know she she doesn't really explain what they're about you know she's she she tula's also very quiet so i think sahel is also like I, I don't even know what she's thinking half the time you know it's yeah. just there's just a lot of like i just want to connect with my daughter and also, i think like, i'm hurting like I right also, like, and she's <laughs> like i have needs that I, this woman is she's probably like what 34 <laughs> yeah 
like whatever like you know she's like i have needs my husband's gone i the love of my life is left someone who i was like both physically attracted to and like mentally mm -hmm. in love with like right is just gone and i'm great so like and <laughs> what am i gonna do like right so you know ugh, god it's yeah. hard but um but yeah but 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 basically the last thing that we see and it kind of i'm not gonna say it's a cliffhanger because we all know what's gonna happen next but basically so Two people from this restoration project, they, they were kind of in Kasawa on and off, you know, com coming to visit a lot over the course of several years. And they submitted a few of the students, um, like, report, I guess, like, um, like transcripts to, like, different, like, American universities to see, like, you know, if any of them could, you know, get the chance or the opportunity to study in the U.S., and to like get selected to study, I think somewhere in New York. It's I, I'm not sure what city. That sounds right. Okay. That okay. Sounds, th okay. That it okay. could have been anywhere. Really, <laughs> right. But, like, sure, right. New York. <laughs> I think it was New York, uh, but it could be wrong. But basically, to like get selected to study at a U at a university, you know here in, in the u.s and so you know they're like that's so exciting tula like yes but then obviously it's complicated right like tula's like i mean i'll go if sahel is down with me to go like if you want me to go i'll go but then sahel is also like well i mean if tula goes is she ever going to come back is she ever gonna you know is she gonna like am i gonna lose another I, family exactly member? You know, and and also it's like this is the same America that that has hosted. It is the at headquarters, the same Prexton that has been that is still too still still by the Tuesday. way still still this day still poisoning water. your water. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess y'all have bottled water now, but like Prexton's still there, still extracting. You know, so it's just it's a lot to process. But basically, that's kind of where we're left at. I'm pretty sure Tula ends up going to this university, but um. That's basically how Sahel's chapter ends and how essentially part one ends as well. So we're going to take a break. Also highly encourage y'all to just take a break. Like maybe yeah. pause this. Like just pause. Give yourself time. Like no pressure to immediately jump into the discussion. This is a lot. Um, but if capacity allows you to, you know, we will we'll take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get into some thoughts, feelings, discussions. Um, and and go from there. Woo. And we're back. Yes, we are. Yeah, so honestly, Marcy, I'm not gonna lie, this book was really, really really hard for me um yeah. i think i was actually devastated by mm -hmm. it um yeah it, it hurt really badly i think the author's writing and her use of like switching narratives switching mm -hmm. perspectives and the order which is non-linear mm -hmm. and in fact i think the best way to describe the order is that you see the effect before the cause mm -hmm. almost yeah. in the same way that they feel it like you mm -hmm. see the effect of Preston oil spill and then they rewind and show you the time. Mm -hmm. You see the effect of Thula's dad's going missing. Mm -hmm. Then you see the event. Mm -hmm. You see the effect of Bongo being murdered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the effect, you know, so you know there's a massacre. You see the effects of it before you know what happened at the massacre. Mm -hmm. 
and it's really salient um but i can't even think about that because i'm so angry <laughs> mm-hmm. and i f- feel so mad and then under that anger is a despair mm-hmm. and a sorrow and a frustration because i'm i'm the west african who's in america <laughs> and mm-hmm. i should be able to solve these problems is what I feel, the guilt I feel, the, mm-hmm. probably the immigrant guilt that many immigrants feel when their country is the one suffering for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then you're angry because you're like, I'm over here dealing with a dilapidated, racist, closely fascist government, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And I don't even know what the whole point of this all was. Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't even, and you, and you just get really frustrated (laughs) Um, and sad and angry. And you think if one more NGO tells me about how they're building wells because the people of Africa don't even have water. Well, what about the Nestle company right next door that's filling stuff into the water? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, there was water, you Mm. asshole <laughs> that's no. not like africa just never had clean water clean water is not from progress the world just used to have <laughs> right, clean right. water <laughs> asshole yeah it's just so frustrating it's so infuriating and i i don't know whatever so we'll talk about like the tropes of the book or whatever but you know just deeply and again it's just like a lot of times when people think of conservation, they think of the polar bears, you know, won't have ice to stand mm. on. And you're like, children will be sold into sex trafficking because their yeah. island flooded and they were forced to migrate away from their communities into large cities with no resources. Yeah. Other children will die of poisoning in their water supply and never have a chance to use their immaculate education to help their community. (laughs) Other Mm. children will lose their friends and families in wars caused by a lack of water, drought, and lack of resources so that other people can live comfortably somewhere they can't see. (laughs) That's Mm. what it means to have environmental devastation. (laughs) It's Mm. not a cute story. And yes, the animals dying is also part of the tragedy. And the people dying is also part of the tragedy. Mm. And I just think that, I don't know, there's a lot of weird fractions of environmentalism that can become very racist. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and can become very, we need to save the wilderness. (laughs) It's like you're, you're missing, you know, the point and, you know, in the same way that other justice movements maybe shouldn't start with the most privileged people's concerns, like maybe that's mm-hmm. also true when talking about the idea of environmental restoration. So, ah, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So, what about the role of Wojebeki? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. find. And maybe Wojebeki corporations and status. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Um, well, one, I just, I mean, I echo the, 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 the devastation that you're bringing up is, it's just, I mean, this book, y'all, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I literally was like yeah. writing the notes and I'm just like, I don't even, I, I, I don't fucking, I just, you know, like, I just, I, like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess we're going to talk about this. Um, now this is, I didn't want to talk about it, but you're just like, God damn, like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God. Um, yeah. So, but yes, but when it comes to like Wojciechowski status, power, all of that, you know, it, it's, Wojciechowski's character was really interesting to me. I guess like what, what, what was, what was fascinating was, I mean, just as far as the framing, right? Like just when you're reading the book, you're like, it is fuck Prexton all day, every day, mm-hmm. literally every single yes. day. They are the problem, mm-hmm. period, point blank. And. And Bojabeki is very complicit in what is going on, is very much invested in keeping up with like, okay, the, the status quo of things, because that allows him to maintain a level of i mean not really social status since like i mean symbol i mean yes symbolically he is the village leader but like when it comes to like actual buy-in there there exists none um but materially you know he does have like a brick house he has like these different comforts that like those most people no one else in kasawa has basically yeah but even then it's just like when i look at that it's like yes wojabeki i don't know what those initial conversations and negotiations and all that looked like in those conversations, though, like, you know, there is, like, a... I still blame um, colonialism and, like, white supremacy for, like, even just, like, trying to manipulate folks into making decisions that, like, yes, in the short term might have made their immediate futures, their immediate lives better or, or, or more, like, materially wealthy or whatever at the expense of, like, their entire community. Uh, but at the same time, you know, people also have agency, right? Like, Bojabeki also made a choice that he did not have to make. But I think, I don't know, when I think of, like, his character, I, I don't know, I, I, I read... I read him as someone who, like, was dazzled by the fantasy that that was portrayed right this idea of like oh progress will come mm. if Frexton comes in blah 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 like this will give you know opportunities for folks in Kasawa to like you know g- gain more wealth da, 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 da. like I feel like he was dazzled by that but also I think he also was like you know I would I, I I'm the village leader I want to live like a king shit you know like i want to live like someone who has like i want i want my own status not i don't want it to just be by title i want y'all to see how it is that i'm living better um and 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 create sort of this level of of distance from my community but also this level of like relative power where it's like okay like y'all see that we're like i'm not the same as you all um what is interesting though is that like the moment mojabeki was imprisoned he was like you know and and to be fair i don't know if he did this mainly because he was like these motherfuckers will actually like like they are they are actually not fucking around i don't know if it was that or if he just had a change of heart i may i don't know maybe this is me trying to believe in people like i think maybe it might have been a little bit of both hopefully more of the second where like he was just like you know like 
I really did fuck over my entire community um, for a brick mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. So maybe a very like lonely brick house. Yeah, very lonely brick house where literally I step outside this house and everyone hates me. People are scowling at me. People literally cannot fucking stand me. Motherfuckers literally dream about spitting in my face. Um, maybe it wasn't worth it. <laughs> you know, right. like I uh, and and I think. His is a plight or a trap that I think a lot of people fall into. Yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. find it seductive to amass wealth unethically or actively at the expense of other people. And especially in their community. Especially in their own community. To. Right. And and in the process like disseminating, you know, sort of the, the cultural infrastructure, the social infrastructure, all of these different things. And when they get to that place right where it's like oh i have the 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 house i have the status i have whatever it's like and was it worth it i don't Mm. think you could i don't think you could really sit sit me sit here and look me in my face and tell me directly that it was worth it it. all of this that it was worth all of that losing so much just to like but you have the house you know what i mean like children people dying all around you but like at least i'm rich you You know what i mean like good job yeah, it's just, I don't know. But if his, you had invested in those kids in t- 20 years, you might have an eco-friendly break house. Yeah. I look at that. Yeah. I look at that. But I, yeah. I, you know, because <laughs> whenever people say like, well, they, they're betraying each other. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, so it's like, we, we didn't even do anything. They, they they don't even like it themselves. They, they mm-hmm. betray each other for us. And you're like, okay. So I'm just going to take any group of people you know that in that group of people, there's a guy that none of y'all like. <laughs> and if you're like, that guy is going to be our leader. And you're like, that guy, that you, you, that guy doesn't speak for us. And they're like, that guy speaks for you now. And you're like, okay, hold on. Before, you know, we could have talked to that guy and been like, yo, Johnny, remember when you stole my pencil in math class? <laughs> yo, Johnny, remember when I had to help you get out of quicksand <laughs> the other day? Right. Like, <laughs> whereas like now you've elevated his status. You only talk through him. You've given him all the resources. And you're saying that like that guy is our leader. <laughs> it's like you've taken away all checks and balances. So so if if yeah, you just have that happen to you. You just go into your group, take takes one person, give them all the power. Maybe he's not even the most respected person in your group. Maybe he's not even the one you guys would pull with you had consensus. Mm-hmm. And then be like, oh yeah, everyone always betrays each other. The reason everything went bad is because they always betray each other. Or maybe, maybe you purposely screwed with the social order for your right. advantage right. because that's a strategic colonial tactic. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe you knew that when you did it. <laughs> right. I, right. This is not to say what well, doesn't have an agency. Of course he has agency. He betrayed that. <laughs> right. <laughs> did. <agency. laughs> right. But that's also human nature. Again, I, I'm thinking right now, if you put me in a building with, say, people I went to school with, people I went to grad school with, and you put me in a room full of people and you said, that person's your leader, I'd be like, oh, hell no. Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are all going down with this ship now because mm-hmm. not this one. Or if you, maybe you knew that person's wants or desires and their wants and desires now elevated with power become something that you're like, oh, I knew that if you gave him that, that's what he would do. 
Mm. Without you being there, though, that dynamic doesn't happen. It doesn't. It's not a matter of whether or not the person had agency. Of course, they had agency, but the the other factors and powers at play. I mean, do <laughs> just take a bunch of people and like give start giving people a million dollars. See how fast people turn on each other. It's not Period. a matter. Come of, on, now. Yeah, no. Gr- there's no group of people that you can't break. I think about that a lot when people talk about colonization. You know, part of the whole thing that was so strategic. And I've read British history in India and in and in parts of Africa. Mm-hmm. Like, are you still trying to avoid telling us where you're from? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> but the point is, you see a similar tactic, and it's not that the British thought that any of these people were not smart. It's not that they thought that any of these communities were not strong. They knew that people were smart, and they knew communities were strong. So part of a lot of British strategies was to dismantle communities. And take Mm. that across the pond, a lot of people knew with the civil rights movement that what made it so strong was community. So what did the U.S. government do? It made sure to destroy community. That is a tactic. It's a tactic that's been used multiple times all across the world (laughs) by forces attempting to make a specific power play. And we just can't ignore that as part of it. We can't just pretend that there's not someone at hand who wants something. The corporation Praxton, which is backed by a government, the United States, that is using a particular playbook, which it has been using for at this point, it's 1980s, hundreds of years. (laughs) So Mm. let's not play around. Like, anyway, that's just, and if you add, to that, His Excellency. Now we're wondering, well, how did this country get formed? Do we got to go back all the way to the Berlin Conference? Because the villages in Kassau, where they're talking about the other, they said what villages they know. They got eight brother and sister villages. The other villages, they don't know. So what makes them one nation? Well, I'll tell you what makes them one nation. Way back in the day, someone cut up all the countries in Africa into tiny little sections that could be exploited by someone who wasn't us. So Mm. His Excellency being his excellency is in and of itself a product of a globalized colonial world. Just think about it. Just think, instead of thinking myopically, just think a little wider. Um, And then you think in parallel with America and indigenous people. Mm. When did that become one group of people? (laughs) Only when you insert the nation state which is the U.S., backed by another colonial power, the British, do Mm -hmm. you get (laughs) this strange new entity with a new set of rules and a new idea of property and a new idea of relationship? Anyway, whatever. At this point, I'm just talking. Um, Did you have thoughts, Marcy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so exhausted. I'm I'm just exhausted with the world. (laughs) Like, I just... (laughs) I I came to this book club and, like, needed to take a nap. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel your friend. No, it's just it's. I'm I, I'm trying to think if I have like any like I don't know like questions like anything to like you know I feel like, like, a, like we a just prompt. need to see how it ends. Like I yeah, think we're just, we're I just think, tired. I like, think we're all just like in despair reading this. Um, and like I don't know. I, think, I just yeah. I uh, I just it's one of those things where it's like I think this book, you know. Oftentimes, I feel like in my day-to-day life, and in a way that's not unique to me, I think I sometimes feel like 
you know, you, 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 you know about these, you know, just like, like the, the reality of things, you know, like sort of, you know, colonialism and just like all these various like forms of exploitation and oppression that exists. And it's like, it's like, you know it, right? Like, like, you know, like, you know, this is not like this type of story is not new, right? Like this is obviously something that like is resonant across many different places and, 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 and speaks to the U S as a, as a colonial force that has like worked to create this type of violence and harm around the globe and at the same time it's like i'm reading this book and i'm just like all this because some bitches wanted some money i'm sorry i just i i can't i just right i i I can i think i i will never get i I can i can i i can confidently say i will never i will never get to a point where i can understand how it was worth it i'm sorry like if you were the person ceo or whatever like Okay, so you have like a car or like a mansion, but like children are dying. Like, you know, like I'm just like, how the fuck is that somehow worth it? Like, I just don't, like, I can't, I cannot wrap my mind around it. And I know that we have like, like, we have words that help to describe the type of ideology that would lead someone to dehumanize someone so much so that they wouldn't see their plight as like a plight of their own, right? Like, 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 I know like white supremacy and all this shit like comes into play but also like i just i feel like these words don't encapsulate the bafflement that i will always feel in these reading these types of accounts i'm sorry people are gunned down in the middle of the goddamn village square after people several people have died in this village because some bitches wanted some money i'm sorry what (laughs) like it's just so Oh my god! I just want to scream. I just want to scream. Um, but also, so- can I can I just point out? Okay, so then you take this oil, send it over to the Americas, because in in the U.S. we're doing so well. Yeah, there's right. no hunger here. There's oh, no yeah. environmental disasters mm-hmm. here because you you just exploited a bunch of people across the country. So you come here if you have a perfect country. Oh wait, we can't even run this one correctly. Right. We just had an right. environmental disaster in the Midwest. We're going right. to do more drilling. Like we we like right. our infrastructure is in pieces. We have mm-hmm. Flint still does not have clean water. Yeah. Like, so you're telling me that we've just we can't even there isn't even a place where this is going where things are doing well (laughs) telling me we're just we're just fumbling the ball all over our this this country right (laughs) while exploiting other countries i don't i'm my mind is i'm actually bam fucking boozled (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) and like that is friend that is such a good but that is such a good fucking point because it's like i mean it would still it's here like it would still be it would still be heinous if like we all the shit was happening but at least here like motherfuckers are good motherfuckers ain't even good here like it's just like what like i'm sorry like all of this wealth all of this coin all this exploitation just so like this small subsection of the population can just live a like a comfortable life a lonely ass life on the necks of everybody. I just, I can never, I can never understand this shit. Like, I, I, I and just like, I don't know. It, it's so, it's just so goddamn frustrating. And you're just like, I mean, frustrating is not even like the right word. It's just like, it's just like, what the, like, 
like it just feels you, meaningless. It feels hopeless. Yeah. It feels. It's that's like, why I said the thing about the multiverse at the beginning. Like, I just don't. Because <laughs> like, I just, I oh just, I, I literally had to reach past this time in space to make this make sense. Yeah. Like, because I, if not, I like truly fall into despair. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, it just, the world makes no sense. And it's so painful. Yeah. And it's anyway. just like, if something so fallible and, and clearly insignificant in in perspective with everything else that exists on this planet as money is the reason why we're choosing to like behave in this way, especially the hoarding of it, right? It's like, I'm sorry, y'all are doing all this to hoard. Y'all are hoard. Okay, I'm sorry. I, hmm, we're hoarding all this, literally just holding on. Y'all just holding on to it. Y'all just holding on to this. Yeah, just, just nothing. We're just, we're just, we're holding, just holding on to it for just for no reason. Like I just, I can't. I just, it's so, it's just, it's just so fucking infuriating. And honestly, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like it's like I, it's like you read these accounts. You know, you 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 hear Sahel talk about what's going on. You hear Bongo talk about what's going on. Malobo when he was, you know, like it's just, and you're like, damn, like, how do like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, How do you? It's, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, the author does a really good job too. Like they, you feel like these are people. You don't feel like they're just caric- caricatures. Right. You know, like Bongo's annoying <laughs> and, Is. you know, a normal <laughs> person put in a situation. Like if I was put in a situation where I have to do this thing. Yeah, he's the youngest brother. He was he was he was like, I'm gonna fuck around for the rest of my life. I, I'm never right. gonna be responsible. I got my older brother right. for that. Oh, he's gone. Now I have to become a martyr. Martyrs are normal people. <laughs> like that's the thing. In mm-hmm. the US, we love a martyr story. We love an MLK. These are normal people who, right. seeing what they've seen, have to step up for the ones they love and be more than they are. Like, that's what's amazing about it it's not because there's special special people they're not jesus christ come down from the sky <laughs> they're just mm. some person who woke up just like you just as annoying as you just as tired as you <laughs> that's what makes it amazing mm. that he he that, that he 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 thought <laughs> enough and cared enough to put himself in danger same thing with her father like <laughs> that's what i like about it you see the same thing in persepolis too like you get the mm. sense that these are just, we're just, we are just people. <laughs> All right. When people march, it's just people. <laughs> it, when people put their lives on the line, it's just people. It's just yeah. other people. We don't even seem to, to, to get that. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, if you know or whatever, you can tell us. Probably not on Twitter or Instagram, but also just email us at thesecolorpages at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, thesecolorpages.com. <laughs> I feel like someone's going to email. This was morose. Erase, erase, morose. Despair. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, in the body, y'all all right? <laughs> Question mark. You good? Have you eaten? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that, that is real. Um, I mean, truly the most crestfallen i think we've ever been on any episode but that's i mean appropriate given the content um but yes um 
if this show brought to you, I'm not going to say my usual love, light, delight, because eek. Um, but, you know, if the show brought to you any resonance, if you related to any part of this conversation, if there was something in the exploration of, like, alternative universes or what have you that, like, kind of just left you feeling like, okay, like, I'm contemplative, I'm considering this, you know, whatever, whatever value this might have or, you know, considerations this might have brought you. Please feel free to leave us some love wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you know, comment, rating, review always helps us out. Um, also, if you know someone in your life that like, I don't, I don't know, would appreciate this conversation yeah. or, or you know, has uh, you know would love this kind of exploration, you know, yeah. heavy trigger warnings, heavy content warnings, but like you know, send it along to them. Sorry, friend, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, you know, I know we're, a lot of us are feeling environmental despair, so it's yeah. not like. You know, if you if you if you're feeling despair, you know yeah. we're also feeling despair. Right, be in, be in despair with us. I mean, right. maybe that's good. Maybe we should all be in a little despair together till we figure out what we need to be doing, <laughs> or right. while we're while we're doing what that's too we need to do. Anyway, sorry, continue. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, but like you know, feel free to send them this episode. Um. With heavy context, heavy trigger warnings, heavy content warnings, like, and you know, maybe provide space to to debrief afterwards. Or if y'all are also reading the book just at the moment and want to just hear some thoughts, what have you? If you basically TLDR, if you know somebody that might like this episode, send it to them or not. It is what it is. We appreciate y'all regardless. Um, mm-hmm. Next time we are going to be finishing this book, so we'll see kind of how things conclude. We'll see what happens with Tula, Sahel, and the like. Um, but between now and then, um, Aqua, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out? No, no. Just until we meet again, remember to stay, stay colorful. colorful.